today I'm here with my co-host Liam, and we're interviewing Bobby Flynn. Having me, lads. So why are you here, Bobby? Well, I'm here to talk about um, type one diabetes and um, being in school with it. So type one diabetes. Can you just walk us through what exactly that is? Well, basically, type one diabetes is where your pancreas, which is an organ in your body, starts to produce little or no insulin. And so you have to take insulin injections with food to supplement your body not producing it itself. Type 1 diabetes and diabetes in general is a relatively common for a lot of people. A lot of people might know someone with it. Were you born with type 1 diabetes or were you diagnosed with it? At the age of nine, I was diagnosed with it myself. I started to show some symptoms. Like I was, I was really underweight at the time and I was drinking a lot of water and having to use the toilet a lot. That kind of tipped us off that something was wrong. So we went to the hospital and I got diagnosed there. Before you were diagnosed, did your parents or you know much about diabetes? Uh, we didn't know anything about the condition at all because I was the first in my family to have it. We really knew no one else who had the conditions. It was a lot of learning and a lot of reading, especially from my parents as I would only been about nine at the time. I kind of picked up from them and learned more from that. Did you ever feel scared after finding out that you had diabetes? Well, I think at the time I was a bit too young to comprehend any of the dangers of the condition, so I wouldn't have really been too scared. At the time, I thought I was cured when I left the hospital, but of course I wasn't, so. What was it like adapting your everyday life to this? It was strange at first, having to take four injections a day, every day. But it's a stark contrast from just sitting down and eating your food, having to you know, make sure that you take your injections and that you've taken them properly and that you've had them in the right, the right doses yeah. in the right times. It was, it was a lot to work on at first, but my parents handled most of that, thankfully. So it was a lot of responsibility at an earlier young age. Yes, yes, it's a lot of responsibility and I've kind of gained some life skills from that. I'm pretty good at time management, I like to think. I kind of know when, what times are. So I have to plan my injection times around that every four to six hours or so. There's more flexibility now with being older. I can kind of decide when to do separate stuff and leave them a little bit longer. It's all about having the right time management. Actually, can you walk us through your daily routine? And this has been the same routine since you were nine, right? Yeah, for the past six years, I've had this routine where I just wake up, take an injection, eat my food. If it's a school day, I'll head in to school and at big lunch, which is around 12 or 1 o'clock, depending on primary or secondary, take my lunchtime injection. Then I'd go through school as normal. I'd go home. I'd take another one for my dinner. And then before I go to bed, I take another injection. Bedtime injection is actually different to the other ones. That one goes into my system slower called Lantus, rather than the one I take it a day, which is called Novorapid. By the way, what is the consequences of not taking insulin? Death. <laughs> just, oh, just casual straight death. Up. I mean, there's not much more to say about it. It will be slow and painful. Well, you remember because of the pain, you remember to take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's either I take it or I die, so I kind of have to do it. So when you were nine, when you were first diagnosed in school, what? What class was this, fifth class? Uh, this would have been about third class at the time. Third class? Wow. Yeah, it Whoa. was. Yeah, it was a while ago. In about a month, it's going to be eight years of me having um, the condition, which is mad to think of that it's been eight years. I can still remember a time where I didn't have to take the injections before the food. I could just eat, which 
it's pretty normal to you guys, but that would be like, the highest of luxuries yeah. for me. Yeah, it's it would, seems like such an odd concept to me of just like sitting down, having some food, and then just going about your day. Yeah. Because there's times where even like I take my injections and I can't remember if I did or don't, and then I'm panicking for like an hour. I just kind of think that other people have to do the same because yeah. I've been doing it for so long. Yeah. And then I just see someone eat food, and I was like, Wait a minute. <laughs> they forgot to take their injection. Like, oh yeah, they have that on automatic. I have to do it on manual. <laughs> and back when you were nine, did you view yourself as different? I don't think I viewed myself as different. I was, of course, I wasn't the same, but I never viewed myself as different from any of my peers. I think it's because I had a lot of good friends and um, a lot of people at the time, especially like a lot of nine-year-olds wouldn't understand what type 1 diabetes is, so they wouldn't yeah. treat me different for it. It would have kind of been about fifth or sixth class before they started to kind of understand what it was. And by that time, they wouldn't have really had time to think of me any different. Taking your injections, did you ever feel shy about doing that in front of others? At first, I did. I would, um, in primary school, I'd go into another room. But I feel like I've been in I've been in secondary school for four years, and I was about three or four years in primary doing them. It came to a point where I just kind of did them in front of my classmates. But at the same time, I was like, who's going to come up to me and say they have an issue with me taking the medication that's saving my life? <laughs> yeah. Like, if someone ever came up to me and said that, I would be very, very surprised. The only time I am kind of shy of taking them is in public. Like, if I'm in town or if I'm doing some shopping and I'm getting some food, that would be the only time I would. But other than that, in a school setting, I'm very comfortable taking my injection. Yeah, it's like, it is a bit weird at first. Like, I remember you first taking out your injection. I was like, wait, what is this? You're not, you're not on drugs, right? <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of enjoy doing that in a weird way, just freaking people out. Because I have to test my bloods as well before with a little um, finger prick. Yeah, and sometimes I'll just go up to some of my friends with a little bit of blood on my finger. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a very good friend, and there's some people I know who are pretty squeamish and like, hey, look at this. And that, that's evil. That <laughs> is pure is, evil. It is, and that's the best part. I don't feel pity for you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I deserve this. <laughs> no, but definitely overall, I think everyone's pretty accepting of it. Yeah, yeah. I've never come across. Um, I've come across very little. Of people ridiculing me or giving me treating me any different for the condition it's only happened very very rarely so you mentioned that there were a few people who ridiculed you could you like tell us a story or well of course i can't say names or anything like that but i have had times where people have told me that my condition is curable when it's not type 1 is lifelong you just have to keep treating it with insulin until they find a cure of course two can be helped. Yeah, I think when a lot of people think of diabetes, they think of type 2. Yeah, they think of yeah. someone who um, who got it from their own sort of faults. I don't want to say their own fault, that's kind of mean, but from like lack of dieting and yes, like, stuff like that. A lot of people, that's what they automatically think of with diabetes, and that's why personally I think myself that type 1 or type 2 should be renamed to something else, because the conditions are both very, like, they're different from each other, but they're similar. I don't think that yeah. they're similar enough to have the same name, though, because it gets a lot of confusion and it makes life a lot more inconvenient for people with type 1 and type 2. Your condition hasn't stopped you from doing things that some people would think, like playing sports? Oh, no, it hasn't, it hasn't stopped me doing anything, but it has pushed challenges in the way, especially if I ever want to do anything professional with sports or if I ever want to pursue 
anything in sports, it's going to be a lot more difficult because if my blood sugars go low, which means I have to have something more sugary, I won't be able to just step off the pitch and have that or I won't be able to get off the court and have that. Yeah, you really have to manage, oh shit, I need to eat food. I really have to manage it. And I'm lucky enough myself that my body tells me when my blood sugars are high and when they're low, I can feel it. But there's a lot of diabetics out there who can't. Yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate with that. So for getting your insulin, pretty big deal. Yeah. Is there any cases where you've done that? Where I've taken my insulin. Forgotten. Oh, forgotten. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've never completely forgotten to take an injection, but I have had times where I've forgotten certain stuff. Like I mightn't have enough needles with me to inject with. I mightn't have enough of an insulin dose, so I might have to have less food. But I've never had a time where I've just straight up forgotten to take an injection. Yes. It's one of my proudest things that I haven't. (laughs) Because a lot of people are very careless with the condition. They don't take their injections on a strict schedule or they don't completely dedicate themselves to keeping themselves alive. So (laughs) that's that's one of the things that... Sounds kind of weird. Oh yeah, I don't dedicate myself to keep myself alive. Yeah, a lot of people just play it fast and loose, which can be really dangerous. And it can result in a lot of bad stuff like comas, losing limbs. Losing limbs? Limbs. Limbs. Yeah, as if your blood sugars get too infrequent. It might end up damaging your legs. You might have to amputate a leg. That's more common in type 2 than type 1, but it is still very possible with type 1. Okay. Yeah, please don't ever forget your injections. (laughs) (laughs) If you walk in with, like, no legs. (laughs) If I walk in with no legs. (laughs) If you roll in in a wheelchair, I'll be worried. Very worried. Uh, but yeah, I'll try. I'll try and remember them. Uh, I'll, j- just for you, Liam. I'll, I'll take my Thank you. It is insane, at least for me to think, to be so dependent on something to live. Yeah, it's um, it is the cause of a lot of stress as well. I always have to make sure there's needles in my finger pricker. That I have enough strips for that, and the machine has batteries. And then for my insulin, I have to make sure I have enough insulin in the pen. I have enough needles that the pen broken. There's a lot of things that go into it. A lot of things can go wrong. And yeah, it's, it's about five or ten minutes just checking you have everything. And then I have to do another check to make sure myself. Yeah, double check. It. Have you ever had any of those like panic moments? Oh, I've had a few in, I want to say, second or third year. We went on a history trip to, I believe it was Kilkenny? Or was it, where was it? I, I don't remember this. Up. Tell us like a key term like so we can remember. Like, okay. like, what did we do? We went on a... Oh, it was in Wexford, I remember. And it was a history trip where we looked into a lot of the stuff to do with Irish history and people using pikes. To oh, pikes. oh, yeah, 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 I remember yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a good trip. Yeah, yeah. it was. Well, for me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was getting off the bus, I noticed, hey, my bag's kind of wet. Wait my medications in there <laughs> turns out i had a bottle of orange juice in there that spilt in my bag on a bus trip <laughs> completely soaked my sugar pack which is the one thing i need the, the main thing i need and it wasn't working <laughs> i was out of the county i was about an hour and a half i want to say drive away from home and i didn't have that with me i was panicking capital p panic <laughs> oh god it turned out okay in the end i'm sitting here talking to you right now but i think so you're not you're not dead right you know i just checked my pulse there i'm all good (laughs) but um 
Yeah, I managed to make it home anyways, and we managed to order in a new one. So it's like the whole bus ride was just you like, <laughs> will I die? Will oh, I not? <laughs> I was, when I got off the bus there, when I noticed it, I didn't notice until I was off the bus. Yeah. But on the way back, yeah, I was, and during the trip, I was panicking. I never really got to see too much of it. Yeah. I got to see a bit, which I was happy with because I enjoy Irish history myself. Yeah. So that was fun. Managed a terrifyingness. So this history trip just became this like intense roller coaster yeah. ride. I almost became history <laughs> but yeah thinking back on it now it, it's a good story to tell but at the time it was it was really scary i just like the idea okay i don't like it but just that every like there was what 80 other students off having yeah. the time of their life and then you're in the corner kind of fighting for it life's <laughs> 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 always been a little bit harder yeah i went um went looking for our batteries in stores nearby to see if we could get more batteries for the machine we did get new batteries, but it didn't make the machine work. So we had to order in a complete new one. Did, how long did that take? About, I want to say, like, half a day, a day. So I had an old machine that's not even the same make. Yeah. I have to make do it. And that doesn't tell me my insulin doses to take, like my yeah. machine does. So I had to guess my insulin doses Ooh. based off my blood. But I was lucky enough that I'd been, I had the condition about four or five years at the time. Yeah. So I kind of knew the ballpark of what I'd have to take. If I were you, I would be panicking. <laughs> I mean, if you panic, you won't be able to take your injections. Like the, the, the stress you must go through just to like get your right in like oh, insulin. No, no, it's not that <laughs> <laughs> no, It's not that bad. You get used to um, managing stuff over time. At first, when I started managing myself, it was a bit stressful, but it kind of just becomes second nature. Yeah. Suppose like when death looms over your shoulder, you're like, <laughs> you, you, you got to get used to it. In fact, missing one injection wouldn't be death, but missing yeah. continuous ones would be. Yeah. Like, missing one injection could result in really high blood sugars yeah. that you need to get down. But continuously missing injections would not be good. I love how chill you are about this. <laughs> I mean, you kind of have to be at some point. After about seven or eight, nearly like eight years, you start pan you stop panicking about you don't start panicking after eight years you stop panicking as much yeah because one thing i kind of figure is if you if you panic under stressful situations like this it's not going to help you in any way it's not going to help you get any closer to the resolution you have to just kind of stop and think about what you have to do and get that done i hate trucks <laughs> <laughs> actually that's probably not a truck that's probably like a i don't know what that is loud car can we can we sample it though? Yeah. <laughs> How dare you laugh at our pain? I hate trucks. Okay, no, but is this getting is this loud? Is there ever any variations within your injections? There is, yes. I take four injections a day. The first three, my breakfast, lunch, and dinner injections, are one called Novo Rapid, which is called Novo Rapid because it goes into my system well rapidly over about the space of two to three hours. I take Novo Rapid in the stomach. Before I go to bed, I take one called Lantus that goes into my system over 22 hours. I take the Lantus one in my leg. I can take it either in like my stomach or my leg or any like area of my body that has fat. And what exactly is it that these injections are doing? Well, what they're doing is they're lowering my blood sugar levels because when I eat food, there's a certain amount of carbohydrates in it. And the machine that tests my blood sugar levels, the, my blood glucose machine, it tells me how much insulin to take to make sure my bloods stay stable after the food. 
I take that amount of insulin from my injection and then I eat the food. Is there ever any times that you have to vary the amount of injections you take? There can be sometimes if I want to have some extra food throughout the day, I may have to count that in and take an injection for that, but that's completely optional. I only ever have to do four unless my bloods go extremely high, which never really happens where I might have to take an injection to bring it back down. So it is kind of like a balancing act. It really is. The way I see it, it's kind of like taming an animal because you have to try and make sure it stays calm and it doesn't, you know bite your hand off um, <laughs> or your leg or, or, or my, your leg yeah or my leg it's, it's like tug of war trying to keep it in the middle and keeping it stable so playing tug of war with your dog yeah does that affect classes in school or anything like that um it can if i have a blood sugar level low like if any of you have any classes we had you might have seen me eating food in class sometimes That's because my blood sugar levels were low, so I've had to eat some food to bring it back up. And I have had some teachers say, like, oh, why are you eating food? But as soon as I explain it to them, they're very understanding. Yeah, it's it's an honest mistake. Yeah, to be honest, if you don't know something... Yeah, I don't blame them at all. You you gotta be ignorant before you know something. Yeah, true, true. How often would that happen? You say every month or two, I might have one. It's, It's not too common. And when it does happen, I just say it's for my blood sugars and they're understanding. Yeah, you really seem pretty on top of it. Yeah, I like to pride myself on being on top of it. Like I've learned a lot of stuff about it just from having it, like stuff that my uh, doctors and nurses couldn't tell me that I just kind of had to figure out. Exploring the world of diabetes on your own, really. One thing I found out recently, actually, is that most of the time, if I have an injection an hour and a half or two hours before I do sports... I will more than likely go low afterwards. So I try to space out my injections in a way that allow for sports as well without having to deal with blood sugar level lows. Does your levels ever affect sports, like how you play? It can, yes. If my blood sugar levels go really high, what I've noticed is it can affect my split-second decision-making. I might end up going for what would be the cooler sort of option out of the two. But if my blood sugar levels are a bit lower, I'll tend to think things through more and go for the safer option. Play more tactically. Yeah, it doesn't affect my macro of thinking. It's only those split second decisions it affects. It is great to see that that hasn't scared you off from trying sports and so forth. Oh, no, no. I used to not do many sports, especially in first and second year. But as of third year, anti-Y, I've discovered some sports I've really liked, such as volleyball and badminton. And I've really taken to them and I've enjoyed them a lot. So you said volleyball and badminton, right? did, yeah. It does affect those in some ways. I would typically eat some food before. I would have around 25 carbs. It's a two and a half or two hour session. Or if it's an hour and a half, I might have something closer to 15 carbs just to keep me going through it. And then I typically have something after as well. Yeah. So if you were going on something like a full day's tournament, what would you bring? A lot of snacks. A lot of them. A lot of a lot of junk food. A lot of um, a lot of crisps, chocolate bars. Lucasade. Lucasade is the main thing I have for blood sugar level lows and stuff like that. Yeah, I always see you with like a Lucasade bottle. You don't see Bobby without a Lucasade bottle. I've never, I've never heard that before. No. It's, it's like it follows you around. 
Yeah, I have um, I have two in my bag right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're like a monster cat. Oh yeah, no, that's just that, that that's a little that's a little me thing. Oh, that's not to do with my blood. That's just that's <laughs> a little treat. Yeah, just a bit of caffeine during the day helps. Out. Talking about like different foods, can you eat all foods, or you have to like ma- make sure what what you're eating, manage I, what you're eating? I can eat anything that anyone without the condition can have. I just have to take an injection beforehand. I just have one extra step, and I can just do. What everyone else can. So you do kind of have to plan accordingly. I do, yeah. But luckily, with this, having the stuff with me and all that, I don't have to plan in advance. I can just take it at that time. Like you say, if we were having a pizza day in school, yeah, I would just see the pizza there. I'd look at it. If I had a weighing scale, I might weigh out the carbs. I don't do that too often. Yeah. But I would weigh out the carbs. I would um, take my injection for it, and then I can just eat away. Yum. Yeah. So what has been your biggest challenge as a diabetic? Well, there's been a lot of stuff between managing the blood sugar levels and keeping everything good, but I think one of my biggest challenges has been some of the stuff that other people have done. There's a organization, I'm not going to name specific names, but there's a group called The Order of Malta. A while ago did a first aid course. Yeah. One of their representatives tried to say to me that type 1 diabetes is curable, which is completely false. It can be disproven with a simple Google search. That did kind of... That really me. annoyed you. It did, because it was the first time that I've ever had, well, serious idiocy about my condition yeah say so blatant and feeling so right about what they were saying yeah it was it was it was a weird experience it it genuinely was one of the weirdest experiences of my life did you say anything about it to like them what happened was in the class he said that was curable i put up my hand and said no it's not i've been living with it for six years and then he just said, yeah, we'll go with what you said, but in a kind of a I'm still right type of way. And then when it got to lunchtime, I was talking to him for about 10 or 15 minutes in the classroom about it, trying to say to him that the condition I've been living with, I've been dealing with for six years is uncurable. And he tried to, he kind of implied that my doctors were wrong. What? No, Joe, he said that my doctor should have learned off the same thing that he learned from so that they weren't telling me type 1 diabetes is uncurable. So he was just a completely dismissive of what you're saying? Yeah, and what my um, doctor said. My, and my, doc- my doctors are great. My doctors and nurses, they're all great. They're the people that saved my life, quite frankly. Yeah. And I know for a fact they're right because, well, I'm still alive and things have been good. I've been able to manage it because of their help. And someone saying that these trained medical professionals yeah. are wrong is just really absurd. Yeah. Bit like, whoa. Yeah, it's like, that That takes a lot of misplaced courage. That is a lot of courage just to say something like that. Yeah. But these people aren't, like, the average person. No, no. The worst I'd ever get, besides from that, is in public, some people might stare at me while I'm taking my injection, and I just yeah. kind of stare back at them. I just kind of, I take my injection down, just like look over at them really fast to scare them. <laughs> and it works like 90% of the time. And it's so funny. <laughs> it is hilarious. And it's just, it's just great. It's annoying strangers. Yeah. Great. Great time. It's just the most harmless way as well. <laughs> I'm assuming that's really just because a lot of people aren't exposed to it. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And if people ever like came up to me and asked questions, I'd be more than happy to answer. answer them. I'm doing a podcast about it. <laughs> I'm I'm more than happy to ask any to answer any questions about the condition if anyone has any in general. People who just kind of stare. I'm just like, so you're gonna ask anything? You're just gonna stare at the teenager. Well, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Right. 
a little bit creepy. Yeah, just a tiny bit. You, yeah. st- you stare at the guy just pulling a needle into his stomach. Uh, yeah, but I'm, but I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like sticking a needle in myself in public at the same time. So, yeah. Like I can't blame them too much. <laughs> it's like it's just like alarming. We were why? Yeah, <laughs> you're next. <laughs> People had enough needles with COVID. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> so, like, diabetes affect your work experience this year? In ways, yes. As um, I worked at a store that I won't name. Yeah, I would sometimes have to go off of the store floor to, if my bloods are low, to treat my blood, make sure they come back up. And I did have one situation on my last day there where I was on my lunch break eating and my boss came up and told me to go back down to the store floor, watch some of the customers. And I said to her, look, I can't. I've just taken my injection. I need to eat my food because this is time in between injection eating the food when she came in. And she was quite rude to me. Yeah. She um, said to me, uh, I need you down here now. And then she slammed the break room door. <laughs> this person was in their 40s or their 50s. Yeah. So it was it, it was, it was a, a bit immature. Yeah. But that really is just next level ignorance. Yeah. I just walked out. <laughs> I had a half yeah. day anyways that day. So, so yeah. you just went. Yeah. I just, I just had enough at that point. Yeah. Like... You you have to eat after you like take your injection. And I yeah, and I, and I told him about all of this as well. This wasn't someone um this wasn't someone not knowing. Yes. Yeah. This, this was someone actually just being um not very nice. Yeah. This is not being respectful. But. Yeah. And I'm not offending or defending, I should say, this person in any way, but I know people in their forties and fifties are just kind of less exposed to things like this. For sure, I feel like in with generational gaps, there can be less exposure to certain topics and certain conditions. But personally, I wouldn't think type 1 diabetes would be one of them, as it's kind of been treatable for the past 100 years, around the early 1900s. I believe 1906, but I'm not entirely sure, Yeah, is when the insulin injection was fully made. And before that, type 1 diabetes was a death sentence. Yeah. And since then, it was actually, I believe, it was discovered either in Canada or by a Canadian. Yeah. But it was um it was discovered and mass produced and now we can live. Thanks, Canada. Yay. <laughs> Canada keeping you alive. Thanks about that. Well, the Canadians are supposed to be very nice people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very, very nice. Treating diabetics. <laughs> Honestly though, it's that boss's job to look after the welfare of their workers yeah especially yeah especially if the worker is not only on work experience but a minor Ooh, that's yeah, kind of your job not not great to make sure that they have the stuff they need to be able to work correctly and not die yeah that's a pretty important have, one i don't want to have to put the die in diabetes but <laughs> well we've been talking a lot about death and diabetes and stuff like that but I feel like I should probably mention it is kind of difficult if you manage yourself well to die from diabetes. You'd have to mess up several times over very what? severely to really? die or even lose a limb. Yeah. Because we've kind of talked about that we kind of jokingly for a bit. Yeah, like, we have. We've made a lot of jokes about dying of um, well, diabetes. But like the truth of it is... It's kind of hard to do that if you just take your shots and manage your food. You're you're not gonna die. So if you're responsible, you shouldn't die from yeah, diabetes. Yeah, if you're even if you're like semi not responsible, you still probably won't die. So if you take care 
of the thing that's keeping you alive. <laughs> yes. Yeah, then it's, you're fine. It's like breathing, but slightly more difficult. So just remember to breathe and you should be fine. Yeah, basically. <laughs> if you do forget these, hmm. what happens? Well, if I, it depends. Because if I don't have my food and I don't have my injection, then my bloods will probably slowly go higher and higher. Or if I'm doing exercise, they'll slowly go lower and lower. But if I have my food and not my injection, my bloods will go dangerously high. The good range is, for me, is around 5 to, I want to say, about 12. It's kind of it's kind of right. fluid. Yeah. It could go to, like, 20 plus. If I have my injection and no food, my bloods will go dangerously low. Blood sugar level lows are more dangerous than blood sugar highs. Ooh. The worst case scenario is I have a bunch of insulin and I have no food. So it's like, you just take a bunch of insulin and you don't eat food and, like, you just, what happens to you? Um, I would more than likely go into a diabetic coma. That's really scary <laughs> yeah it does sound pretty scary but if you manage it well then it will basically never happen i manage myself pretty well so i know that i'm safe from any of that stuff happening to me potentially stupid question is a diabetic coma like a super coma um <laughs> never heard that <laughs> is mean... it is it like the coma is it like the S-tier coma. I mean, it depends the on, like... boss of comas. I mean, it depends on the normal survival rate of comas, doesn't it? Like, what, what is the normal survival rate for a coma? I have no idea. Because, like, a diabetic coma is, like, a 10% survival rate. Oh, wow. So, oh, so oh, that's, oh, why, like, that's a lot that's, worse. So that's that why, is... like, yeah, it probably is a super coma. S-tier coma. S-tier coma. <laughs> <laughs> or would it be an F-tier coma? <laughs> Like special grade coma. Special well, grade coma. Like if 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 you're going by like levels of like danger, it's an S tier coma. Yeah. But if you're going by danger stuff, like I don't want this, it's an F tier coma. There's like there's like sitting up feeling dizzy would be like an F tier in that case of like <laughs> effectiveness. Then like a diabetic coma would be S plus. Then if you get me. Yeah. But like you wouldn't get up after. If your blood uh, sugar levels are low, it's fainting. Uh yeah, it's fainting, and in extreme cases, diabetic coma. What? So it's like so it's stage like, one is fainting. Like passing out because your body doesn't have enough sugar or energy to sustain itself. So just kind of faints. And if it gets worse, you then go into the super coma. <laughs> yeah, if it gets worse, you go into the super coma. That's, the, that's definitely how you should take that from this conversation. <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> Diabetic coma, just S-tier coma. Make it sound like a Mario Bros. Game. <laughs> super coma. <laughs> Has this? No, no, I don't want a super coma, nor do I wish anyone to get a super coma. Yeah. yeah. I want to make that one clear. Has anything close to this happened to you? Well, I have had some pretty bad lows, but I've never fainted uh, myself. I have had bad lows where I've been shaking really bad or I might have felt a bit sick. I might have been like hot and cold at the same time. Those ones are scary. So what are your highest highs and lowest lows? That's a good question, actually. Um, I think the highest high I've ever been was when I was first diagnosed. I went to my GP. He tested my blood sugar levels, my first ever blood sugar level test, and my bloods were 32.8, which the good range is about 5 to 12, as we said before. What? So, yeah. Yeah, that's... 32.8. It was mad. I was hopping all over the shop. And this, <laughs> and this was your first time? This is my first ever time getting a blood sugar test. What a way to find out. Yeah, just really kicking down the door on that one. <laughs> yeah. 
And for my lowest low, numbers-wise, my lowest low is 2.1. That was pretty bad, but the low that felt the worst, it was pretty recently, actually. It was about a month or two ago. I woke up around 1 or 2 a.m., and my blood sugars were 2.3. And normally, that would just feel like a bad low, but for some reason, I was getting, like, hot and cold. I was really shaky. I was struggling to keep my eyes open. Okay. It was probably... I could say the scariest moment of my entire life yeah. was that low. Did your like mom come in to help? Uh, I phoned her. Uh, I normally wouldn't. I normally handle it myself. Yeah. But I was like, okay, I need like someone here with me in case anything goes wrong. Luckily, nothing did. And again, it's not even a fact that I did anything wrong. Yeah. It goes back to the fact that... Um, Diabetes can just do whatever yeah, it wants. It can kind of... You can tame it as much as you want, but it's not going to be docile. It's like um, it's like a tiger in a way. So you said it's like a tiger. Yeah, it's kind of like a um, wild animal or a tiger because you can tame it all you want. You can teach it new tricks. Yeah. Like to try and control it, but yeah. end of the day, do a flip. <laughs> <laughs> it is still a wild animal. Just do a flip. It goes from extremely high to extremely low. <laughs> One day you could be like friends with it, be yeah. all happy. Next day it's. Your worst enemy. Basically, yeah. It never gets, like, a worst enemy. It more just kind of gets to um, stepping on the back of your shoe type of deal. So it's not exactly your worst enemy, but it gets annoying. Pitiful, you know? Like, yeah. p- petty, petty enemy. Yeah, pe- petty stuff. It's like, it might be like, okay, I need my bloods to be a little bit higher right now because I'm doing sports. Like, nope, you are, like, bang on five. Good I luck. hate you. <laughs> yeah, like, five is good, but, like, if you're doing sports, that's going to go low, so good luck to you. Yay. <laughs> So I'd have to eat like a chocolate bar or something before then. So it's just a little bit annoying. Yeah. M- mild inferior. Yeah, it's like mild inconveniences. <laughs> so I gotta say, you were very lucky that when you hit that low, there were people around you. Definitely, yeah. My mother was only in the other room, so it was easy enough to just phone her, uh, wake her up and get her in to help me. But I also had food in the room, thankfully. I keep little stashes of food in my room. You have a mini fridge? <laughs> I do. I wish I had a mini fridge. Uh, the, be... the Xbox mini fridge? The Xbox, <laughs> the Xbox mini fridge. That would, be, that would be very convenient. <laughs> but no, I just keep um, like chocolate bars and bags of crisps on the table. Imagine having a mini fridge. Yeah, that would be or, or so like cool. Or like the sausages, like the rashes. Yeah, and all that. <laughs> Can you get like a, a grant or something to, to put, a like a full, <laughs> put like a full kitchen in there? You full, know, I, think, I think it's a matter of, of life I mean, or death. Yeah. Point, you know? I mean, I did do home ec and junior cert. It's possible. Oh, yeah. So we walk into your rooms like a full deli. To <laughs> <laughs> have the hair wig on and everything. You have like a full on restaurant. Yeah. Just put on, just put on a vague accent. As well. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> and we'd like to announce Flynn's restaurant opening. It's <laughs> lovely Joe Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, so can you like properly eat meat or uh, to watch that? No, well, meat is carb free, but if the meat has anything extra on it, like I don't know, chicken nuggets, right? I wouldn't have to count the carbs for the actual chicken, just uh, on bread exterior. Wow. So it's just the pure meat. Yeah, pure meat is all good, but meat that's like in say if you got some like tesco sausage rolls or yeah. something like that um i would still count five or ten carbs for the meat in that because it's better to be safe than yeah. sorry because sometimes they do the way they cook them can be in stuff that actually has carbohydrates in it already. so you gotta be like really careful with that yeah so i sometimes i'd include five or ten carbs for some meats so meat is okay as long as you know where it's coming from 
Yeah. So you're eating those pure super quin sausages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're um like a lot of stuff that's like cooked in grease and stuff like that would have extra carbs. Yeah. But if it's just like buying some ham from Tesco or something like that, then it's all good. So only only the purest, cleanest meat for oh, my taste. Only the finest cuisine for me. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, well, I can have, um, Atten that just has no carbohydrates in it. Like, just some stuff, you just look at the back and it might have, with five carbohydrates and below is carb-free. Yeah. If there's Atten below five carbs, I could just have that. Or if I'm going to do exercise, I can go up to about 20 and under carbs. So if, if you ever, like, if, if you just want to eat something quickly, you would eat, like, meat? Uh, yeah, I would. I'd have a couple of slices of ham. So if you're like, oh, I'm just hungry. Yeah. But I don't want to take insulin. Yeah. Eat ham. I'm lucky enough that kind of I get hungry when I'm due my insulin because my body is kind of adapted since being diagnosed. Yeah, well, I guess since you have this routine, you just kind of stick to this routine. My body just kind of gets hungry when it's time to do my injection. It's a good reminder, actually. You just have a natural. Yeah, it's it's like having a natural um natural alarm. It's like a natural clock. It is. Yeah, it is. It's it's like clockwork, for sure. You have shown to be very responsible about like your concision and all that compared to other people. But is there anything you like you slack on or? Well, well, there is one thing um, for sure. There's um, another way of testing your blood sugar levels for something called ketones, and ketones are basically how you measure any excess blood in your bloodstream. And oh. the the higher your bloods go, the more ketones you have, and that oh. will. Um, uh, stack up it should be anywhere from like zero to one but i i just don't test them you don't test them no it's it's probably been about four or five years since i've had a high and tested my ketone levels <laughs> is like, ketones like a specifically more accurate way to test or is it just another way of doing it? um well you see it's a different system to blood sugar testing at the ketones measures um excess in the blood it's a different it's measuring a different thing i don't know everything about ketones because i haven't tested in about four years and you don't like do that so, yeah no i don't i don't really do it because it isn't 100 percent necessary and it's so like not necessary that my current machine doesn't support ketone strips so i have to use an older machine to measure ketone levels and you just don't bother using the old machine <laughs> no I, I don't it's um it's a lot of effort so cracking out the old machine and getting all that sorted it's more something that's done in the first couple of years of diagnosis is what i've sort of seen with it but there's no specific reason for you to do it yeah there isn't really because i could just take some insulin if my bloods are too high and i don't plan on doing any exercise i could just take some insulin and i'd be good to go because my bloods will come down either way wouldn't have to take an extra um, finger prick well it's good to know that you're not dosing something very important <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh i just yeah. don't take my insulin on thursdays like <laughs> <laughs> um my thirst is my day off first. yeah thursday's the day off you know I, I i just become i become a normal boy then <laughs> <Pinocchio>. <laughs> I'm a real boy. <laughs> if anyone who sees me around has a question for me at all, I don't mind answering it because more people know, the better off I am. So yeah, the more like people know about diabetes, the better the world is for people who have diabetes. Yeah, it's, it's the great thing about this podcast, you know, spreading awareness. Definitely, yeah, and I'm glad I've come on for that. Okay, I, I was kind of a stupid question, but <laughs> whatever. Okay, go on. So. You are stabbing yourself with how many needles a day? Um, I take four injections a day, a minimum of four finger pricks a day. Yeah. <laughs> do you still feel that? I do, yeah, because end of the day, it is taking a needle. 
at the same time as that, it's not as bad as at first because when I was first diagnosed, I had a huge phobia of needles. Well, that's not great. <laughs> no, 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 not great for a diabetic. I'm pretty sure they had to get two or three nurses to hold me down so I can take an injection <laughs> at one time. And now I take four of them today, a day and I try to like scare my friends with them. No. <laughs> Those nurses must have been like, oh, this child's screwed. This child is going to die yeah, like next like, week. I was like this little um, little skinny nine-year-old kid in a oh. hospital bed like screaming. Injection. Yeah, like, no, I don't want this injection. Ooh. I ended up taking the injection. Congrats, you can say you bet your phobia yeah. out of pure necessity. <laughs> you you yeah. kind of had to beat this phobia or else you'd be dead. It was literally the definition of improvised adapt overcome. <laughs> 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 well that marks the end of the Waterbark podcast thank you so much Bobby for doing this thanks for having me lads appreciate it Tom. yeah that was great if you're still listening there's an email uh, in the description of the Spotify if you want to come on to the podcast as a guest like Bobby here email that with an idea that you have and uh, we'll, we'll look at it you can be a guest it's good fun do it you listen to the recording well the bloopers or like everything that I don't know if they're going to be everything in the podcast but we laughed a lot yeah make sure you stay tuned for and you miss class like, we missed two classes. Actually, Bobby missed four classes because we had to re-record this podcast. Yeah. If, if, if we're double counting it, like, with all the podcasts you've done, you've probably missed, like, what, 10, 12 classes? Yeah. But, of course, but like, not, like, you, that's you, not, obviously not the main reason. You're not going to miss this. that many classes, but you, you can miss, like, Look, it's a bit two. of fun. You can miss two it classes. Is. This uh, podcast is probably going to be, like, twice as short than it is. We're reaching the hour and a half mark here. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, we're reaching the hour and a half mark in recording. This podcast is probably going to be like half an hour long because most of it is kind of crap. All right, that's the end of the intro. Outro. Well, bye. Thank, bye. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. We'll sample, by the way. Test. This is a test. Oh, yeah, this is a test. Test. Testing. Testing hey, Bobby, speak it. No, I don't want to. Speak it. It. Spook it. Spock. Spike a speakers. A speaker like spackle a spookily speaker. I don't speak Taco Bell. (laughs) 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 Got them blompers. Blompers. Them blompery blompers. If you don't want the blompery blompers, you must speak a little spookily spookily. No, I don't feel like it. So blompy. (laughs) <laughs> you want to be in the blompers oh god I don't want to be blompers follow the podcast <laughs> is this fresh <laughs> <laughs> just say why you, why you like lasagna well you see I haven't had lasagna before you've been through this uh, I don't, I've so. never had lasagna I said I don't remember this no, you don't remember I don't remember this no, I don't know because you, you guys pro- you guys were freaking out about it because I've never had lasagna before you weirdo. I can see why we freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely don't remember this conversation. Uh, it, you see, don't. traumatic experiences, you erase them from your mind. Traumatic experiences, such as going to You're oddly quieter. Yeah, speak speak up. Like, Can you like... Speak. I, I'm lit- Almost like your mic is off. <laughs> yeah, I think my yeah. microphone's off. Oh my god, it is off! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought so. I thought so. Hey, Bob. Sp- okay. Speak it. <gasps> He's not speak mute. It. I am not mute. I am talking. Follow the podcast. This mic is not off. Speak again, Bobby. I'm speaking again, Liam. Shout louder. <laughs> wow. This is beautiful. In awe. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Twerking. <laughs> you can sample their shutting yeah. up. Yeah, that's just way disgusting. My god, the school is so freaking noisy. She wants to tell us out. No. Let me take a quick look, actually. Yeah. Hi, I'm Bobby. Hello there, it's Bobby. me, yeah. So, how is it like being Lucasade fanboy? <laughs> you know, I've never actually drank Lucasade. You never drank Lucasade? Nope. Nope. Yeah. Just trying some of this. All right. All right, here we go. <laughs> Just trying his medication. <laughs> I'm going to kill Bobby. Never had Lucasade. Nope. So, Ryan, come over here and tell us your... That's an actual crime. You know how to open it, right? Yeah, okay. Just sky it. Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> Is it nice? I never actually had Lucas. <laughs> I give it a strong 8 or 9 out of 10. Nice. Would you, would you mind yourself? Ah! What? <laughs> <laughs> Just get the water. <laughs> nice one. Nice one. I like pushed it up and it hit my face. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Yeah. It's actually quite good. It's like orange yeah. juice. Yeah, it's pretty it good. Is, it's, it's good it's stuff. Orange juice with like energy. <laughs> yeah. Some water glucose uh, acid. Uh, there's a lot of acid in this, guys. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it took me so long to to try it. I I just never tried it. Is it? Not yet. Ah, it tastes pretty good. Nah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, it, it, it tastes like lemonade. It does. Yeah, it's. It's really nice. You know, it's a solid drink to rely on for your life. Yeah, I wouldn't mind Lucasade being. It's a really good sports drink as well. That's why it's called Lucasade Sport. Yeah. Wow. I would not have guessed that. I would not have guessed that. The marketing is so smart. And would you believe it? Whoa. What? Really? Wacky. Wow, that's so rare for liquids. Yeah. Hydraulic acid does the same thing. We can probably get back to the... Yeah, we can get back to the... Okay, we'll get back to the podcast. I still can't believe you both haven't had Lucasade. Uh, I don't know why. You, you, why? I don't know. Get yourself a bottle after school. Alright. That's pretty nice though. Yeah. It's actually quite good. It's genuinely a good drink. That would have played before they had like mixed berries and stuff like that. <laughs> oh yeah, we were recording it. <laughs> we were recording this. <laughs> were we? Yeah, we were recording it. Put out some blooper actually. Ah.